season's greetings, Chris Angel love freaks, and welcome back to 12 Months of Christmas, the podcast where we are wrapping up our quest to find the best Christmas rom-com of all time. I'm one of your hosts, Em. And I'm another of your hosts, Anna. This week on 12 Months of Christmas, we're uh, on our second of the uh, Netflix original films that we're watching this year, which is the much-anticipated A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. I was on the edge of my seat waiting for this movie. <laughs> this is, of course, the third in the Netflix Christmas Prince trilogy. We have previously covered A Christmas Prince and A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. Yes, we did. Both movies that definitely exist. What do you think of this one compared to the other two? I think they just keep getting worse. And hmm, I think... My feeling of it is that they are going, like, from Christmas rom-com that adults would want to watch to just, like, family Christmas Mm, movies. mm. And I don't like the shift. I think I did actually prefer this one to the second one because I think the Mm, first one... that, That is true. The first one was, like, bad in, like, that unintentionally bad funny way. And I think the second one they didn't get that and they were like oh it's a very serious production and we're going to be serious about it and then they realized that that wasn't what people liked about it so this one they just didn't give a shit so it like again was like bad but like in ways that I found humorous so I was able to get through it a lot better than Royal Wedding yeah it was definitely easier to watch but I just the plot of it and the way mm-hmm. it was, it was infuriating to me, the plot of this one in a way that I think the second one was infuriating to you. Okay. Um, well, maybe, no, I take that back because you were furious because of the whole Sahil thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> maybe not that mad, but just like the whole idea behind this movie and the curse and yeah, everything about having a baby in this movie. I was just like, that's not, that's not, how, that's not, that's not what happens. That's not how, nope. Nope. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. It was just like, oh, aggravating. I think maybe two just lowered my expectations so much that I was like, I, mm. I wasn't expecting this to be anything. So the fact that I found humor in it and not humor in like a, it was funny way, but like humor in like the curse thing that you said, <laughs> the curse, <laughs> this is jumping oh away ahead but when they go to Princess Emily's face. When she goes, you could have caused an innocent baby to be cursed. <laughs> laughed for. I'm not taking any chances. I laughed for like ten minutes. Not straight. on this baby. <laughs> I just, oh, I thought you were an intelligent woman. No, I don't know what gave you that idea. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead and get into the summary of this film. Yes. It's very short. <laughs> Queen Amber and King Richard have now been married for a year and are expecting a royal bebe uh, to arrive. Baby, yay! <laughs> to arrive at the beginning of January, while in the meantime, preparing to host a royal delegation from. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna forget the fake Asian country's name. Pangolia. Uh, Pangolia. Panglia? Panglia? Pango- I don't, let me look Panda up. Express. Panda Express, the Asians. 
the Asians are coming. Um, uh, Pang- Panglia. Panglia. Sorry, Panglia. Uh, are expecting a delegation from the kingdom of Panglia, which, okay, in order to sign a treaty with the king of Panglia that has been signed every hundred years for the last 600 years. Because <laughs> that's how treaties work, then, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. Um, but as they're about to sign the treaty... They open up the box that the treaty has been housed in, and it's gone. So they all (laughs) launch an investigation as to who stole the treaty, mainly headed by Amber, because she's very concerned about international (laughs) affairs. And also, while they're doing this, Princess Emily... um, (laughs) (laughs) Princess Emily and her mom... Are Who's reading... like 15 years old and has a boyfriend <laughs> reading some... believes in a curse. Okay, sorry, Are reading some shit about the treaty and it's like, oh, the treaty's cursed. And if you don't sign the treaty every hundred years, then whichever country broke the treaty, their firstborn will be cursed, which apparently applies to the upcoming child and not like the current king, but whatever. So they're all very concerned about it. And Emily thinks that the kid will be cursed and relays this. Or she doesn't tell Amber. Someone tells Amber. And so Amber also is freaking out about it. Uh, anyway, so they have until midnight on Christmas Eve to find this treaty. And everyone, they go through all these different methods of searching it. And while they're searching for it, they're becoming friendly with the king and queen of Penglia. And Amber's like, hey, women should sign this treaty because we get the job done. And uh, the queen of Penglia is like, oh, no, no, I am woman. I cannot... And so <laughs> that causes some tension, but actually everyone is BFF, so it doesn't cause any tension. <laughs> and then and then Amber goes into labor. Everybody suspects Simon is the one who did it for a while, but it turns out it definitely yeah, wasn't Simon, and the audience at no point believed that it was Simon, so it's, again, super low stakes. <laughs> and actually, what Simon was plotting was to get engaged to his girlfriend, uh, actually, one of the servants who secretly was the descendant of the prince who originally signed the document and was also in a love, or the king who originally signed the treaty and was in a love triangle with the other king, not in a fun way, but in that that king wanted the first king's wife. And so, like, that king got murdered or something. And anyway, his descendant uh, <laughs> swore vengeance against everybody. So he was trying to make them all go to war. So that's wild. <laughs> Made no sense. Like, this poor person, he was in the first two movies as, like, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. I think he was, like, the one that let um, Amber into the palace in mm. the first movie mm. and was, like, real chill and stuff. And then in the third movie, they're like, actually, he's evil. Well, I mean, here's, I will say, let's. this is the caper, right? He stole the treaty. That's the whole caper. Everybody has to deal with it. Yes. Um, so Christmas caper count, but the, this, I don't think he's evil. I want to go to bat for this guy. Cause I don't think he's evil. Well, I mean, I guess starting a war kind of is evil, but as they point out, it wouldn't have been like a physical war. It would have been like a trade war situation. Still pretty bad anyway. Yeah. But he wasn't trying to betray his own country. He was trying to get revenge on Panglia, which is shitty and dumb but, like, it's not as bad as if he was yes. trying to, like, fuck over Aldovia, right? Like, I guess so. 
But, like, as we learn in the movie, the only, like, Aldovia is in debt to Panglia, and they yeah. would have had, if the treaty wasn't signed, they would have had to repay their entire debt at once. Well, we can't blame him for not knowing all of the secret intricacies of the economic crisis that this country is in. I suppose. Because <laughs> that was a thing that um, they find that piece of information, and it's, like, supposed to be confidential. So, presumably, this servant wouldn't have known that. This, I don't know. Never mind. It was just stupid. I mean, it, it was, was stupid, stupid, and there was, like, no build-up to it. They were just like, he did it. I mean, I thought it was too much build-up to it, because I thought, number one, the whole, like, love triangle thing, and they're like, there was, they were in a love triangle over the king of Aldovia's wife, and then that king got got because of it, and his descendants, like, lost the throne or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so it's obviously, like, one of the descendants. And then, like, that, there's only so many people right. that that could be because, uh, side note, I guess Netflix didn't have money for, like, extras for this one because there's, like... At all. Several scenes where I'm just, like, there are no... Pe- there are some scenes where there are extras, but, like, the scene where they're going to sign the treaty and it's a big, important thing. Literally, and it's like an the empty only room. people watching there are empty chairs and it's like all the characters yes. that speak are in the room and that's it for okay all right that's fun sure yeah but i mean like i feel like they just chose someone at random oh that yeah wasn't like one of the main characters yeah. they were just it, there was no like the red herring was not a red herring because we all knew it wasn't simon i thought to me the obvious choice would be to make it the um the attache of the Penguin king and queen, whatever her name was, Lynn or Lynn. something. Yeah, so it's like, that would have been a good choice because, like, she was kind of introduced as a character that was similar to Simon, who was previously a bad guy. And she made comments about, like, oh, I just, I you know, I'm here to, you know, fast track my way to importance or something. I don't know, something along those lines. I thought there was going to be a twist with that attache, but I thought it was going to be a completely different twist. Um, which I'll get to in a second. I thought what that the betrayer think? might have oh. been Mrs. Avril, the one who was like super into protocol this whole time. Yes, because she was so mean in the second movie. Right. And also is like queen of like, we must stick to, tra- to traditions. So it like yes. makes sense for her to be the one who's like super obsessed with the tradition of her family and whatever. But no, it's just this other random guy, mm-hmm. which fine, whatever. Um, no, yeah. I thought Lynn, let's go ahead and I guess real quick dip into Don We Now Are Gay Apparel. I thought that that was going to be, I'm very glad Netflix didn't do this because I would have been furious. I thought that was going to be the twist with mm-hmm. Lynn would be, cause that, that's, this is the whole setup with Lynn, right? Is that she's an old friend of Simon's and Melissa, Simon's girlfriend is like yes. jealous of her cause they flirt all the time and act mm-hmm. inappropriately in front of Melissa, like, and Melissa should be jealous of her. Like it was yes, 100%. ridiculous. She had every right to be angry, regardless yes. of how Simon felt about her. And she shouldn't have forgiven him and got engaged, but whatever. We can get into that a little later. Uh, um, true, very true. But I thought that what was going to happen was Simon was going to be like, oh, of course I'm not with Lynn. She's a lesbian. Like, I thought that was where they were going with it. Oh, yeah. Um. So I wasn't... That's why lo- we decided we were better off as friends. Yes. So I wasn't looking at Lynn as, like a potential villain because that was what I thought the twist was going to be with her but then they didn't do that and I'm glad they didn't because that's a dumb I mean they didn't resolve it well either but like that's a really dumb resolution to that storyline too Mm -hmm. 
this whole thing was just like really half-assed i feel like they mm-hmm. were just they wrote mm-hmm. it like a week before they started shooting yeah pretty much <laughs> well i mean as a rom-com let's go ahead and get into uh i, I know i'm just like pulling out the the segments no, here go ahead. let's go ahead and get into i saw two ships come sailing in um we have a few different romantic relationships in this i don't think any of them qualify this to be a romance though because like None of them are central mm-hmm. to anything at Correct. all. Yes. So we've got Amber and Richard, who are, of course are already established mm-hmm. as a couple and go through absolutely no um, like, conflict. They're, they love each other so much. You can have like a romance with an established married couple where they are, or even not married, whatever, where they're like ha- facing some difficulty and getting over it, whatever, right? right? Um, that was ostensibly what the second one was, but... They don't have any sort of drama in this film. so Yeah, they didn't you know, even whatever. have, like, that stereotypical, like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to be a dad sort of vibe, you know? Yeah, he was... he was Which I, I was into. It just, like, doesn't work as it being the central romantic couple yes, of the film. they could that, have taken a step back is... and not been the main characters. Let's let Melissa and Simon yeah. be the main characters. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we've got Melissa and Simon, and then Simon and Lynn... And then um, I guess you could say King Tai and Queen Ming are kind of there as a couple. Um, And then Princess Emily and her boyfriend. um, And so there are a lot of couples. It's just none of them are interesting or do anything. Yes, and they're they're all established couples, except Melissa and Simon. But that is like so, it's like 20 minutes of this hour and a half long. No, not even that. It's like 20 seconds of this hour and a half long movie that they are not together. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a bunch of established couples that continue to be established couples. And I, I forgot um, Sahil and Andy, I, who I don't know if they are actually a couple or not. Are they? Oh my supposed, God, yeah. Are they, they were, business they were partners like, or dating? I don't even know if they were partners. It sounded like Sahil was like the one in charge and Andy was just there. Right. But Andy also still seemed to be working for like a magazine in that like, you know, at the end where they do the like, Look how everybody's celebrating Christmas montage right. over the credits. Um, his was like him holding up the magazine and being like, ooh, magazine. So I guess he still works for that magazine. <laughs> ooh, magazine. <laughs> like, like, I don't. I don't know. I, or maybe that was like, <clears throat> maybe that was a callback to like when he was like, you should write an article about our multi-million dollar company. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it was just like, hey, do you guys, do you, the audience, all remember that this is how this guy, this character is related to the rest of the stories that he used to be her coworker because no one probably remembers at this point. Hey, do you he's... guys remember magazines? Because <laughs> he's such a nothing of a character anyway. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was unclear if they were dating or not. Like, which... I don't think they touched each other like the whole movie. No. I know that I bitched at the end of the last one that it was fucking shitty that Netflix just paired them up at the last second. Like, oh, they're two gay guys, so of course they're going to be in love. But I, maybe I they realized they were different. Maybe from each other. And maybe they, better business partners than romantic partners. Or maybe, or maybe Netflix is, Netflix was just scared to show two gay guys being affectionate on this in this movie for some reason. I don't know. Either way, mm. I'm just like it's kind of weird. It's it was a weird vibe between them. I didn't get it. Yeah. I agree. Um, was there was there a ship that you preferred over any of the others? Uh, honestly, probably Lynn and Simon because they were the only ones that flirted or had chemistry. 
<laughs> which like, but they weren't a ship because they weren't good together or whatever. And I'm like, but every everybody else in this movie is either like so established or like seems to not be a couple. Like Melissa and si- Melissa and Simon's relationship was bonkers to me because yes. They're like, they've been, I guess, dating for a year since the last movie, right? And Mm -hmm. Melissa shows up to the palace, and then Simon shows up to the palace, and everyone's like, Melissa's like, oh, Simon invited me to spend Christmas here. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's spending Christmas here. This is such a big move. And then, Mm -hmm. which implies that everyone knows that they are a couple. And then, like, Amber has a conversation with her that's like, I didn't know that you knew Simon that well or something. It's like, Amber, they've been yeah. dating for a year. What are you talking about? And then they Isn't get engaged. your best friend? Shouldn't you know that stuff about her? Like, And she's like, oh, I've been, I've been talking. And she could have been like, I didn't know that you guys knew each other that well. And then explained it more like, I thought you just had a fling last year. Yeah. And then uh, Melissa could come back with, oh, no, we've been talking long distance. But the way it is is, like, mm-hmm. Amber says, I didn't know you know you that close. And Melissa says, we talk for hours every night. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's very misunderstood. And then Melissa immediately, once she has any type of evidence against him, turns against him. And then immediately turns back around as soon as he proposes. Yes. It's like, either support him or, I don't know. <laughs> He's misunderstood, but I'm going to misunderstand him. <laughs> it made it seem like the the problem in their relationship was that he had betrayed Aldovia, which, like, why would Melissa give a shit about that? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Melissa's that's like, a New Yorker. That's not her country. I mean, yeah, that sucks for her friend, the queen, but... But then also, like, Melissa the whole time was bothered by the Lynn relationship, and that never gets resolved. No, yeah, she's just like, oh, I guess we're engaged now. Now, surely you won't flirt with other women in front of me. Girl, check your man. Honestly. And I would like, I don't know. I think I need more background there to show Mm -hmm. how like Simon, who was all like, Richard can't marry a common woman in the first movie became, I'm going to marry a common woman in the third movie. Well, he got betrayed by that one girl who I thought, again, might be important in this movie, but I guess they couldn't get the (laughs) actress back. Because that also would have been a good twist, right? If she showed up and she was, like, the descendant of the destroyed king's line. And then it all makes sense how she's so power hungry because she's, like, but no. I thought they were going to bring her back because she was featured really heavily in the, like, preview Netflix did before this one. that Where they're like, remember last time on Christmas Prince. Last time on Christmas Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead. Let's talk about what child is this. Okay. I said there's a few different directions we could go with what child is this. This was a child-heavy movie. This is a very child-heavy movie. Um, I'm specifically, like, I want to talk about the fact that this woman who was giving birth to her first child went through the entire process of labor in what seemed like three hours. Well, because of the surges, Anna. <laughs> because she, she just had a positive outlook on labor. yeah if you're just like if you rename contractions to another word then they won't hurt (laughs) you just have to have a positive outlook and not think about things negatively and then the pain isn't as bad you silly woman (laughs) oh my god 
You, you dumb hoe. Why are you getting this upset about the pain in your vagina? It's fine. You stupid, <laughs> stupid pregnant bitch. <laughs> I was, as a person who's never been pregnant and currently has no plans to be pregnant, I was like, I, this is not accurate. <laughs> no, it 100% most... is not. Um, <laughs> like, you don't just... You don't just have one contraction and you're like, I'm going into labor, call the doctor. (laughs) That's not how it works. You go through early labor for hours, hours before you even go to the hospital. And then you're at the hospital and it's more hours and hours. And even the pushing stage takes hours sometimes, (laughs) especially for first time mothers. I just... How did how did she do it all in three hours? <laughs> She's Amber. She's perfect. Oh my god, <laughs> made me so mad. It's great. I also wanted to talk about what child is this, and um, just to briefly mention some of the names posited by this. Oh my god. Yeah. I like how the one girl suggested they, or how Princess Emily suggested they call the baby Khaleesi. Princess yes, Emily. she just like threw that out there like it was no big deal. You can't do that, Princess Emily. Number one, I get that someone We're... wrote that joke probably like before the end of Game yes. of Thrones. When <laughs> I was going to say, we're in a post Game of Thrones world. You, you do can't. not name your daughter Khaleesi. <laughs> you can't. You can't. I've always been a fan of not naming your child Khaleesi. That's a weird way to phrase that. But like even when Game of Thrones was hot, 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 I yes. was like, don't name your child Khaleesi because Khaleesi isn't a fucking name in that show. It's a title. It's a title. What are you doing? I really wanted them to name the baby Christmas, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought it was going to be like, oh, Noel or Snow. But then, like, they got to the name of the baby, which, surprise, she named it after her dead mom. And then I was like, well, duh. Why did everyone think she was going to name it after, like, dead ancestors? She has a dead mom. <laughs> but also, they hadn't, like, named her dead mom before this point. So they were like, ah, that is the true. baby's name is... Ellery, I think is what it was. Ellery. Yeah. Ah, yes. Like your dead mom. <laughs> Just like that dead mom. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Which really, like, kind of put a, put a, like, little dot over the eye of the fact that they just, like, did not give a shit about her mom up until this point. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. Like, she didn't matter. <laughs> um, I felt kind of bad for the dad too because he kind of like mm. just got written out of this movie they're like uh, dad's stuck at the airport yeah also okay remind me if I or correct me if I'm incorrect on this one but didn't the dad have a love interest in the last movie I don't remember it wasn't like wasn't it like the chef the, yeah the, the baking chef. woman weren't they I think, like I don't think they ever like I don't know if it was ever like explicitly announced I think they just like started to get along Okay, okay. Because I was like, did she die? What happened? I mean, that still stands, but like... <laughs> she just went back to work. Yeah. Um, I Speaking of the chef, I wanted to get into uh, Bring Us Some Figgy Pudding, because this had another, yes. just like the cake shot from the last movie, this had another fantastic food moment that made me so fucking happy by how fucking bizarre it was. Okay, go on. And Let's I had it. to rewind it several times to watch. So do you remember early in this film... <laughs> When um, 
Amber sneaks out of the room to go sit outside to be by her lonesome by her with her pregnant self because she's like wants fresh air or something. And, to and eat, she's eating them donuts. And to eat donuts, yes. And um, so Richard comes out <laughs> and is like, what are you eating? And he, she's like, don't tell the doctor. I know she said to go light on the sweets. And he's like, no, I won't tell cheeky cheeky because, of course, they can't have conflict. Um, uh-huh. And then he <laughs> interacts with these donuts in a way which no I human has ever also made this comment. Donut. <laughs> so first off, he double fists them, which is a yes. bold choice. He's like, mm, sympathy weight gain. <laughs> Grabs two donuts. But then... The way he holds this donut, which is like a um, kind of like the classic, not glazed donut, but the classic iced donut with all of the icing on top. Yeah, like um, a yeast, a yeast, like donut, a yeast donut with the strawberry icing mm. and sprinkles. He picks it up and eats it as if he's eating like a sandwich. He holds it like this with his yes, like on a man top I've never seen a donut before. Like he's never seen a donut. And I I rewound and watched it like several times because I think what was happening, and I'm not sure, I think what was happening was that there was some sort of jelly thing underneath it that he like was holding onto so that when it was like shot from the angle of like towards the donut, it looked like it had jelly in it, which also... Uh doesn't make sense it was a ring donut so like what the fuck yeah but like the, it, it so it looked like it had jelly in it but then like he had to hold it like that to keep it like there so that he didn't have to mm-hmm. actually eat a donut for like 20 takes or whatever so i think that's why it was like that like to hold the two pieces of the prop in place but it looked like <laughs> he was a monster <laughs> They at least though it did look like a real donut and not just a cardboard yes. donut. Yes. So that it is was a real donut. But it was um, not eaten like a real donut. I the 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 bite he took out of that donut though, it was alarming. He took such a huge <laughs> chunk out of this donut. These are like big, like Krispy Kreme size big donuts. Like these aren't like little Entenmann's. I bought them at the grocery store donuts. These are big <laughs> full size donuts. And he bites into this donut and legit like half of it is gone in one bite. And I was just like, wow. He has a powerful hunger. A he strong had a jaw. Thirst for donut that cannot be sated. Oh man. <laughs> So I really you, wanted to watch him eat the other, the rest of the donut. I, know, like, right? I wanted the rest of this movie to be him eating various things, just so yes. I could watch. Oh, oh my gosh! King Richard Mukbang, please deliver. <laughs> I need an ASMR channel where it's just the actor. What is the actor's name? Richard Ben Lamb. Oh, Richard is his real name. Ben Lamb. Yes. Yeah. I need no an ASMR Richard is his character's name, things. not his real name. <laughs> that's what i meant you knew what i meant <laughs> since we are on the subject of food i wanted i know i'm just bringing out all the the segments this week sorry to but, go for um, it i wanted to also do a segment we haven't done in a while which is uh in extra deo i think is what we call it usually i sing yeah. it but i'm not going to um <laughs> day i had just a beloved extra this week I know I complained that they didn't have enough extras for some most of the scenes, but in one mm-hmm. of the scenes where they're at the Christmas market, um, there are mm-hmm. some children eating 
eating novelty-sized lollipops in the background. (laughs) And they, like Ben Lamb, were probably told not to actually, like, ingest them because, Uh like, they were going to have to do several takes and they didn't want these kids throwing up all over the set and whatever. Or they might have been fake lollipops. I don't know. But, like, in any case, there's just these two kids in the background licking a lollipop but like with about a foot of space between their tongues and the lollipop (laughs) and it's so choice i did not see that oh my god they're trying so hard and it's just like so very obviously not making contact with the lollipop oh i love it i love it so good so good (laughs) see these are the moments these are the moments that make me like this franchise where i'm just like it's such a mess it is. It's just. I don't know though. I think I'm on like for for the Christmas rom coms from Netflix. I think I'm on Team Vanessa Hudgens. As oh, for sure. Team Christmas Prince. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I feel like if it's like Vanessa Hudgens versus Christmas Prince, yeah, hundred percent Vanessa Hudgens. Um, if mm-hmm. it's really anything versus Christmas Prince, I like Christmas Prince in the like the room sort of way, where I'm like I like to make fun of certain aspects of it. I don't think yes, it's good. This is true. It is a good movie to for this podcast, for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> Especially two and three. I think one kind of has at least some sort of romance plot line going on, but two yes. and three are just such a mess. Very true. I wanted to talk about, <laughs> um, I guess kind of, the ghost of Christmas past mm-hmm. to kind of like lump in this curse and the ghosts, <laughs> the ghosts in the dungeon. Like there's a lot of like supernatural aspects mm-hmm. to this movie that, um, that like really aren't explained. So, <laughs> okay. So this curse in the treaty, it was put in like by a sorceress or something. Mm-hmm. And the explanation from the queen about this to princess Emily, when Emily is like first like, Oh my God, there's a curse. The queen's like, well, sorcery fell out of fashion years ago. So yeah. was it a thing? Was sor- Is sorcery real? Here's my theory, okay? Um, okay. Because we know that Vanessa Hudgens' Christmas verse mm-hmm. is, in fact, related to the, the Christmas Prince Christmas verse. We know that they mm-hmm. all take place in the same universe now, which is wild when you consider the implications of the things I'm about to just say. The fact is, <laughs> next year we're getting a movie in which Vanessa Hudgens is going to have another Vanessa Hudgens in her Vanessa Hudgens movie about um, Christmas oh witching. God. There's going to be three Vanessa Hudgens in that movie, I believe is the premise. Oh my God. So that movie series exists in the same universe as Christmas Prince because in this movie, the queen of Pangolia? Pangolia. Pangolin? What is it? Panglia. Um, the Queen of Panglia name checks Belgravia, which is the kingdom from that movie. Okay. So yes. Vanessa Hudgens exists in that version of Vanessa Hudgens. The two that are doppelgangers for each other exist in this universe. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, spoiler alert for next week, but we have already watched that movie. And they mention Aldovia, the other Vanessa Hudgens movie that came out this year, which is A Night Before Christmas. They mention Aldovia as a real place in that movie. So Christmas Prince connects both Vanessa Hudgens' Christmas movie universes. So they all take place in the same universe, which means there are at least four Vanessa Hudgens doppelgangers running around in the same universe. Okay, so that's wild. Oh, my God. 
the Vanessa Hudgens verse. The only explanation for that is witchcraft. That's my first point. Uh, I, yeah, I would believe it. Or altered carbon style coins. Yes. My second point is that I think that they are they might actually be building to some big crossover with these universes because I think that okay. the sorceress in this was supposed to be the mysterious old woman in the Vanessa Hudgens Christmas movie from this year. Oh, the crone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that they might be the same character. I'm not sure. Oh, I amazing. suspect that they are. But she seems so nice then. Why would she put a curse? Because it was a it was a the curse that they agreed to for the treaty, the purposes of the treaty. Oh. It was like it was like a fail safe thing for the treaty. So they were like, We're gonna sign this treaty. If you break the treaty, you're gonna be a curse, so don't break the treaty. So it was like to ensure the peace between the kingdoms. So I So did they have to like negotiate on a curse and they were like they were like, all of your sons. Mm, no, not all of yeah, them. Yeah, probably. That's a bit much. How about, you can have all my daughters. <laughs> mm, no, not enough. I need at least one male. <laughs> I think probably in about five years, we're going to get a movie set at Christmas in 1419 um, about this treaty and how the one of the knights there is like the father of the knight from Night Before Christmas, which he's from the 1400s as well. Oh my gosh. So, I'm pretty sure it's coming. Look for it. This is my prediction. Netflix is going to do a 1400s Christmas movie in about five years with all of the characters from Christmas Prince and the Vanessa Hudgens verse, both of them, Avengers style. Look forward to this movie in 2024. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. I really want to see Vanessa Hudgens do five different accents for all her versions of Vanessa Hudgens that will be running around by then. I mean, literally, there's... Oh, and also what else is wild about all of the fact that this is all canonically in the same universe is that in Mm -hmm. Christmas Switch, Princess Switch, Christmas Princess, they watch Christmas Prince. So like, yes, (gasps) is that a documentary? Yes. Yes. It was the news coverage of the coronation or the wedding or something. So within the universe of Christmas Prince, Christmas Prince exists. What? Oh my gosh. What? Like, as a movie that people can watch. Oh my god. The Netflix Christmas verse. It's a mess. Wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> also, the dungeon might be haunted. It's not, though. It definitely isn't because they resolve that. <laughs> but it might be. <laughs> but there it might, might be, be a curse. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we've really fully touched on how incredibly stupid it is that an adult woman. Exactly. That her baby's going to be cursed. Yes. That part was infuriating to me. She goes, because literally Princess Emily or someone comes to her with this curse information. And the king is like, well, there's like a one in a billion chance that anything is actually going to happen. No, there's zero. And then Queen Amber is like, but that's a chance I can't risk. Not with this baby. And she like is 100% like, there's a curse. My baby's going to get it. Got to get this treaty signed by midnight on Christmas Eve. I feel like it was almost like a metaphor for something, but I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was really, it was just really weird how, as an investigative journalist, she was 100% yeah. like, I buy it immediately. Don't need to see any evidence. Like, I don't even need to see the original document saying there's going to be a curse. Don't show it to me. I'm going to take you at your word. <laughs> Look, she was in labor. She was having some trouble. She was just, yes, a hysterical pregnant woman has no control over her mind. <laughs> I uh, I also, since you've mentioned investigative journalism, I do want to bring up, I don't, we don't have a segment for this, I don't think, but I do want to bring up the framing of this in which it is Amber, um, her 
mommy blog, I guess now for how great she's been know. as a queen I don't know this how year. She's allowed to have that. She shouldn't I 100% be. Don't understand. She shouldn't be. But she has like a blog where she talks about all of the royal comings and goings, and like the framing of this movie is like. It opens up and she's like, we were married last year and then we had a great honeymoon and we solved all of the kingdom's problems and we're so great. And so I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> I'm over it. Also, your honeymoon was just a green screen. So yes. that's nothing to be proud of. And it was really funny to me how like she was like, we got married and it showed like her getting married and as I mm-hmm. assume footage from the second film, although I don't remember specifically. And then since all yeah. of the other film had to be shot now, it was with her new hair, which is much blonder. And so, like, when did mm-hmm. she do that? Like, when did she dye her hair like that? Are we supposed to believe... <laughs> On the island where right, they were staying. Are we supposed to believe that was all, like, highlights from, from the honeymoon? Because it wasn't. Like- from the sun. Yep. <laughs> My yep. Son- as someone who, who has very dark hair that does lighten in the sun, it don't look like that. <laughs> that is... 30 volume lift at least like do not come at me and pretend like you got that on your honeymoon if they were gonna green screen that entire scene anyway why didn't they just like photoshop her hair right well and i think the 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 honeymoon specifically because i think that is what they were implying the honeymoon they had them Uh kind of as like silhouettes so you couldn't fully see her hair like the color Mm. and then the next scene when she's like doing stuff she's like and then we came back and we were um in the boardroom and doing then all of those scenes she's has the super blonde hair I guess once you like become a queen and start doing queenly things, you your just hair become just blonde. Changes. <laughs> yeah. It just changes. The royalist of colors. <laughs> okay. Let's do punch up then. Let's do punch up. What's your punch up? What do you got? So my punch up is that Richard and Amber move to the background and okay, yeah, she can have a baby or whatever, but it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like she doesn't need to be the one solving the puzzle. The people solving the puzzle are Simon and Melissa. Yes. And they can be in a relationship or they can't be already. It doesn't really matter. But the whole point of them solving this mystery together is to show better showcase the conflict between Lynn and Melissa over Simon, as well as like the suspicion of maybe Simon did steal the treaty and he's just like helping me find it in order to hide the fact that he stole Mm -hmm. it and blah, 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 blah. And then also to make it believable that then she would forgive him at the end and agree to marry him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with this punch-up so heavily because my punch-up is almost Mm -hmm. exactly the same. (laughs) Excellent. Great minds. I want to punch up the whole series. I want to retroactively punch up Christmas Prince too. I think the whole series should be this style of like the first one is Amber and Richard and it's them getting together and falling in love and them solving a problem related to the ruling of Aldovia. The Mm -hmm. second one is Melissa and Simon. And it's like, Simon wants to, like, be, you know, recognized and whatever. And Melissa is like this girl from the outside. And she's like, why does everybody hate him so much? I don't get it. He seems nice and whatever. And they fall in love while solving Mm -hmm. the puzzle. And Amber and Richard are kind of there planning their wedding in the background. But it's not the focus, right? Yes. And this one, same thing, like you said, with Amber and Richard having the baby in the background and like that's everybody's like worried about it and whatever. Melissa and Simon Mm -hmm. are an established couple now. So they're planning their engagement. It like Simon's like planning to propose and whatever, but it's not like a big thing. It's just like a thing that is kind of going on. That could be like the suspicious activity he's doing. Yeah. So we get to catch up with both of the couples and whatever. And then the Mm -hmm. focal couple for this is um, either 
King Tai and Queen Ming, who are an established couple, but I want to take away their children in this and make it so that they are, like, newlyweds who, like, got married for, um, like, purposes of, like... Political. Political, exactly. And they're, like... Yes, and they don't love each other. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. And they're trying to figure out if they love love each other or not. Yes, I love this already. And, like, King Tai is, like, trying to support her, but she's, like, really worried about being, like... um, like respectable and whatever and that's not what he wants but she thinks it is and it's like a whole thing super mm-hmm, great so then like mm-hmm. they are learning about love and relationships from these other people oh, right that's so good that's so good or possibly just a completely new dude who we'd have to invent or girl you know either way and then um mm-hmm. the doctor because i thought that scene where the doctor got stuck in the snowbanks and got rescued by king richard would have been like a really good scene if they Ugh, were the romantic perfect couple, for a love interest right but like it, yes. it wasn't so that was weird but it wasn't it was just the king on his horse like they don't have any other cars at that huge fucking palace well i guess they couldn't drive in the snow i don't know but that also mm. gives the series like more legs to continue as a rom-com thing for yes. much longer because like just in romance a- authors have figured this out yes, so much longer exactly ago, longer ago yeah it's super easy you do the first couple and then you do all of their friends <laughs> exactly you can keep inventing new friends it never has to stop brothers cousins whatever yes and then and then you just try to trademark the word prince mm-hmm. and no one else <laughs> and we all get to see the best part of this movie which is the super super baller christmas decorations yeah which, yeah, a beautiful, snowy kingdom with Christmas decorations. And people fall in love, and it's great. That's what I wanted. I don't know That's why it. Christmas Prince is ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> Get Richard out of here. And he's not even a prince anymore. He's a king. <laughs> there is no and prince. And they gave birth to a princess. So really, this should be the Christmas princess. This should be, I don't know, something. The Christmas kingdom. or Christmas kingdom would be a great title for the series so you've got christmas prince and then you've got like the christmas duke or whatever for simon and then you've got um Mm -hmm. the the christmas envoys i don't know for this one i know (laughs) (laughs) or christmas king i guess if we wanted to have it be king ty and queen ming and they're the royal yeah that's true that's true yeah except for no you'd have to be like a duke for christmas no, uh, I I want to keep it the format of a, the Christmas and then title. So the Christmas Prince, a Prince for Christmas, Christmas, a Duke, Christmas, for Christmas. Duke, Envoys for Christmas, an attaché for Christmas. When when Emily eventually gets old enough, uh, like when she's like supposed to be eighteen or whatever, and then it's her and her boyfriends and their standalone movie mm-hmm. it can be the Christmas Kid because they're the youngest. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the Christmas young adult now. Thank you very much. I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> Is the subtitle. <laughs> Hit us up, Netflix, honestly. Golly. Well, you want to put it in the machine? Yeah, let's put it in the machine. Beep boop. Beep boop beep. All right. The results are in. And a Christmas prince, the royal bebe, comes in at number 41 out of the 52 the movies we've watched bebe. so far. Uh, which puts it right above Christmas Prince 2, Christmas Prince, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, and right below Holiday High School yes. Reunion. Yes, specifically not a tie yes. like The Royal Wedding. I know we've had a couple ties before with movies that are very similar. I think it's very low down because it's not really a rom-com. Mm-hmm. It is better quality than some of the movies that are in this area. 
but like it's not romance it's not romance centric and it's not funny intentionally however it is funny unintentionally and it's not yes. quite as gross as christmas prince 2 so we're it's edging it's that one out yeah yeah it's a movie if you if you watch the first two you might as well continue on yeah look for that donut scene look for the lollipop that shouldn't entertain you. Oh yeah, for and the a oh my seconds. god, yes. <laughs> it, I'm finding more and more that in these Netflix originals, it's like everybody in the background that is mm-hmm, very good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Netflix originals, as you have yes. probably gathered, next week we are watching the other the another Netflix offering from this year, which is the Vanessa Hudgens led uh, "The Night Before Christmas" with a K. Hmm. You know, the stab, stab kind of night, not the dark time kind yeah. of night. <laughs> um, so swing on by next week to check that out. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, you can tweet at us, 12 months podcast, or you can email us, 12 monthscast at gmail.com. And those are both the numbers one and two. We are also found on almost all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you're getting down to the wire here, man. You just got to do it. It's now or never. There's only a few more episodes left. Okay. <laughs> if you haven't used Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. And if you don't use Apple Podcasts, it's okay because you can lament to everybody on the internet about how our podcast is ending soon and you need them all to listen to it before it ends. <laughs> And remember, it is always the most wonderful time of year. Ooh, I said that weird. That's fine. Year. It's it's the most wonderful time of year. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.